for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, let's pray. Father, we praise you, Lord, and Father, I ask you to, uh, your Holy Spirit, just to stir us up, open our hearts, help us discern truth, what is and isn't truth, and help us receive, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, um, do a little side note thing first. <laughs> I was going to do this on the New Year's thing, <laughs> but then it was so late I didn't want to. That's why I didn't do it. Didn't get time. It only takes a minute, though. Probably could have done this for the time it took to do the read the thing I read. <clears throat> All right, imagine this is your life. Now imagine this goes around the world and is never ending. This isn't representative of your life. This little blue spot would be your time on earth. We make all our decisions. If I work really hard, if I go to college here, it'll be so good right here. And nobody's making decisions these days for what's affecting eternity. And even when we, like, if we do our alms, the Bible says, you do your alms and, you know, hey, I fasted six days. I pray for this guy who got healed. Man, if you just would have left out the fastest six days part, you'd have had rewards forever and ever. You know? Jesus said, <clears throat> I was uh, hungry and you didn't feed me. I was uh, homeless. You didn't take me in. He said, when do we do that? When you didn't do for the least of these. I mean, all these little decisions we're making are affecting our eternal reward forever and ever and ever. But everybody's just so focused on this little bit of time, and it's so short, we just have no clue. That we're going to live forever. And all these decisions, James, that's so dumb. Do you know how much money you're losing helping him? No. Who's dumb? <laughs> yeah, that's enough. All right. <clears throat> we'll start out with, <laughs> I know you know most of these scriptures a million times, but uh, <clears throat> Mark 16, 17. And a lot of these you can just, if you want to mark them down or because I'm going to need to make you turn to all. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, 
And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So the first sign he listed as a believer, now there's a lot of non-believing believers. <laughs> you know, being a Christian doesn't mean you believe because most Christians don't believe the Bible. They believe part of it. They believe they're going to heaven. So one of the first the first sign he even lists is casting out devils. Luke eleven twenty. <clears throat> But if I by the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come unto you. So casting out devils is a sign of walking in the kingdom. Luke ten nineteen. You know this one. I don't, you, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to. You don't have to turn there. <clears throat> Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I think Pastor mentioned if you didn't the word power <clears throat> is authority the first word power should have been translated authority we have authority over all the power of the enemy so if we have authority over the enemy <clears throat> and it's a sign of being a believer and it's a sign of walking in the kingdom then why are so many people sick and bound up The first reason is we don't understand God's word. Now imagine you had, and I've told a lot of y'all have heard this story, but you have a little six-year-old boy, and he says, can I go out in the front yard and play? And you say, if you promise you'll stay in the yard. I don't want you going across the street because those kids are bad over there. They're trouble. I don't want you over there. He says, I promise. You let him out. You look outside. He's across the street getting beat up. So you go, bring him home, break it up. Next day, can I go out in the front yard and play? If you promise, you'll stay in the yard. I promise. Look outside, he's across the street getting beat up again. You're like, maybe I'll let him get beat up a little bit and go get him and maybe you'll learn something. Next day, you let him out. It's like, can I go out in the front yard and play? If you promise, you'll stay in the yard. I promise. You look outside, he's in your front yard. Those kids have came into your yard are beating your kid up you'd be right out that door like as long as my kids in my yard you better keep your butts across the street or you got me to deal with okay this is our yard and as long as we're in this yard we have protection from the enemy but we're in the enemy's yard and then trying to rebuke them <laughs> and wondering why we everything's going wrong and why we're sick and why we're and everything else. God is a covenant God, and he gave us this book with a whole bunch of promises of health, prosperous. <clears throat> and he did say that <laughs> that as a serve Christ Jesus, there's a lot about we would suffer for his sake and too and stuff, be persecuted for but uh we're basically having an instruction manual we're not following. <clears throat> Matthew six twelve.
And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. In deliverance, I've just been doing it on and off for 17 years. Anybody in deliverance, anything I'm going to share isn't like, I mean, if you haven't heard it, you're like, oh, but you can go to any deliverance minister that's actually doing deliverance. Some people claim they are and nothing's happening. Is that a little, is that okay? Okay. <clears throat> Sound a little twangy. Um, and they all see the same things. You learn quick when you actually start doing deliverance that uh, if the person has unforgiveness, you're not getting them free of anything. The enemy has a legal right. My mom had trigger finger, her thumb locks up. I said, Mom, that's the spirit of bitterness. So I sat down and I used my authority and it took about 10 or 15 minutes and I seen when it came out, her thumb frees up. Six days later, locks back up. I said, well, you're somebody you need to forgive. So she forgives someone she thinks it is, and I cast it out again, and it took like twice as long the next time. Because, see, I'm using my authority. It has a legal right. Frees up. Six days later, locks back up. I'm like, Mom, there's somebody. This is 2003, so a long time ago. Said, uh, she's like, I don't know who it could be. So I just prayed over her for God to show her. <clears throat> Two months go by with her thumb locked up. And uh, has this dream, something my dad did 30 years earlier. And she loved my dad. It was very kind, very sweet. Y'all know her. <laughs> but she didn't forgive him for whatever it was. <laughs> so in the dream, she walks in the room and he's doing whatever it was. And she knocks him down and she's kicking him on the floor in the dream. And she wakes up and she goes, oh, Lord, I forgive him for that. And instantly, at 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever time, her hand frees up, has been free for 16 years because it had no more right to be there. Now, I was just using my authority, and I've done that many times in the beginning. I would get people healed and everything else, and a month later, they're sick again and everything else. So there's a reason why the enemy's there. Sometimes it's, the curse goes three and four generations. The reason you have the disease your parents had is because that spirit had legal right through the sins of your parents. Kenneth Hagin had a guy go on a trip with him <clears throat> to minister. There's another minister. He gets in his car. They're going to go for three weeks. And he says, wait a minute, I forgot my insulin. He says, you won't need that while you're with me. He goes in and gets it next morning, takes his Checks his blood sugar. He's like, well, that's weird. It's perfect. That night, he eats a little bit of sweets. Next morning, he's like, it's going to be really high today. Man, it's perfect. So then he starts eating a little more sweets. The next day, he's eating everything he ain't ever been eating for like 30 years. <laughs> Cake, cookies, and donuts. And you know, you want that stuff and <laughs> when you can't have it, all of you. Gets up, it's perfect. He's eating the house down. Oh, just having a party for three weeks. Comes back, 
A month later, he comes to Kenneth Hagin. He says, explain to me why I didn't have diabetes when I was with you, and now I have it again. He said, oh, that's simple. That spirit can't operate under my authority. As long as you're with me, you're under my authority. But now you're on your own, back in your own home, you're going to have to get your own authority and deal with that. It took him like a year to build his faith and stuff, but he did get healed. Uh, and I don't know if I should <laughs> go into this, but stuff that's in the kids is not anything they've done, okay? They're not accountable at 5 or 10 years old or even 15 years old. And uh, I could give a lot of these testimonies. We could spend the rest of the night, but <clears throat> um, we won't. But kid, uh, there's this guy that understands all this and uh, gets a lot of healing. Well, Sid Ross said he's never seen anybody get the amount of healing he does, the amount of people healed. But uh, he was at work, and this lady says, my grandson's down in the hospital with brain cancer, and they said he's not going to make it. Is there any way you can go down there and pray for him? He said, sure. So he goes down there. The dad's there. The mom's not there. He's like, where's your wife? Your son's dying, and your wife's not here? So, well, she's not going to come down here. Well, are y'all fighting? Yeah, I don't think we're going to work this one out. Says, well, what if I told you the reason your son is dying of cancer is because you're unforgiveness with your wife? He says, are you out of your mind? I've been in church 30 years. I ain't heard nothing so crazy like that in my life. He says, you need to read Matthew 18. Let's just go there and read it. 23, 18-23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. So let's uh, call that $10,000, because that's a lot. Talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded for him to be sold his wife, his children, and everything he owned and payment to be made. And there's a lot of people that in churches that I know other ministries that teach about forgiveness and stuff that could never make it and just when they learn about forgiveness the finances started coming. <clears throat> the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will repay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. That's us. God forgives us everything. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants that owed him a hundred pence. So a hundred pennies, okay? <clears throat> and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down to his, at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay all the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, 
They were very sorry and came and told the Lord all that was done. Then this Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave you all, everything, because you desired me. Should not you have had compassion on your fellow servant as I had compassion on you? This is us. He forgives us everything. All we have to do is forgive others. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. Okay? And if you don't think cancer is a tormenting spirit, you never had it. Till he should pay all that was due to him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you if you from your hearts do not forgive everyone their trespasses. So he gives him the scripture and uh, he says, call your wife. He goes, she won't come. He goes, just call her. See if she'll come. She comes down there and he tells her and she explodes. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Are you telling me my son's going to die because I won't forgive this idiot? He says, yep. He goes, Are you trying to tell me if I forgive him, God will heal my son? He goes, I guarantee it. Guaranteed. And when he did that, that got her attention. All of a sudden, she broke, starts bawling. And then they hugged, kissed, made up. And he just walked his hand and put his hand on the sheet and said, Demon of cancer, they're walking in love now. You ain't got no more right. You got to come out in Jesus' name. Walks out, says he'll be fine. Next day, kid walked out of the hospital. They couldn't find no cancer in him. I could go on and on with these. <clears throat> 19 women in one meeting with breast cancer when he taught on breast cancer. <clears throat> All 19 were healed. When they forgave, it's neat when you don't have to pray. <laughs> Romans eight one. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So when is there no condemnation? <laughs> it's, a, it's a really simple gospel, but we're not really getting it. <clears throat> when we walk after the spirit, and the spirit and the word agree. The spirit never goes against the word. If you say, well, it feels good, I, I think it's okay, you know. God knows my heart. I'm married to him in my heart, and you're in fornication. It doesn't work. As a matter of fact, there was a lady with Parkinson's, brain tumors, back problems, and I don't remember what else. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, you get a lot more... <laughs> The further you get along with the go in the Lord, then the less you get away with. Okay. I mean, when I came to the Lord, I was living with a woman, and I got saved in a Baptist church, and then uh, lived with other girls. <laughs> and then in 1989, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, 
got convicted, quit sleeping with her, but there was like three times over the next six months and there was more bad stuff happening, feeling bad. God didn't say anything to me. We broke up, told me to go pray for someone. He healed him. He healed about eight people in a row and I just prayed for the years and then, then the, probably about eight years later, I had went through a couple years of just bad things happening and feeling sorry for myself. Self-pity was in. We're going to cover that spirit tonight. So I'm all depressed, and this girl was chasing me for a couple years, just always hanging out with me, and she had rejection, so I was the only guy she... Everybody liked her, and I was the only guy that wouldn't, have, <laughs> wouldn't do nothing with her, so that made her like me more. You know, that's the way rejection works. Rejection wants what it can't have. That's why the guy chases the girl, chases her. And then when he has her, he don't want her because rejection wants what it can't have. Then when she gets mad and won't have nothing to do with him, he wants her back. That's that spirit. That's the way it works. And, uh, oh, I used to get... It's funny because our gifts, a lot of our gifts work in a real low... I don't know what they're called, power, before we're filled with the spirit. A lot of prophetic people were kind of intuitive before they got filled with the Spirit. I mean, and uh, like I had discernment. I used to get everybody back together again. They'd be crying, ready to kill themselves. When I was in school, I'd be like, oh, it's easy. Just get around her and act real happy and tell her, you know, I really thank you. I, now I realize that's the best thing. It's just, I'm, I'm really happy we're broke up. It's the best thing. And every time, and I'd say, but if you get right back when they ask you, then they'll break up. I was like, you got to make them work. <laughs> so I was playing with a spirit of rejection. Didn't know what it was, but I could see it in people. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, I got off. Romans thirteen eight. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For the, he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh man, I'm sorry. I'll tell in a minute. <laughs> I didn't finish my story. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. America is so into covet, but we don't use that word in our language, so we don't see it in most. I mean, did you know you can appropriate the promises of God out of your old man nature? There's a lot of that going on, especially in the financial realm, because I want itis, and I want this, and I want that. and I mean, we're not kingdom-minded praying into finances. It'll still work. You can still pray in finances out of a covetous heart. But it's not a good thing. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Kenneth Hagin had a woman uh, come to his meetings and she had I don't, a lot of stuff wrong with her. She's on oxygen. I don't remember what all she had. <clears throat> but uh, 
He said, if you come here to be healed, I'm praying Friday night for healing, but if you'll come through the teaching during the week, it's a lot more probability you'll be healed. So she came, and he, the day he taught on forgiveness, walking in love, that, home, that night she went to the motel and uh, calls her brother she hadn't spoke to in 25 years. And he was just like, I was just thinking about calling you. And they made up. The next day she comes to the meeting, she's like, well, I forgave my brother, and I am healed of everything when I woke up. I was trying to find something wrong because I want you to pray for me, but there's, I'm totally healed of everything. So when we walk in love, we fulfill the law. And on my story there <laughs> that I got off, then eight years when that woman was chasing me and I gotten self-pity, didn't know nothing about demons, and uh, I ended up sleeping with this girl like twice during the week. It's in the 90s. And uh, I'd only heard the Lord at a fairly high level one time, and that's when he told me to go pray for someone. And that was scary for me. I was really insecure. And the first guy he healed. And because uh, I didn't know the guy. His son worked for me. So I sleep with this girl. I'm praying by the bed. And I hear the Lord like eight years since I heard him, I'm like, you do love me. Because I don't, I never equated healing people to loving me. That's for them, you know. <laughs> but he's talking to me. <laughs> and all he said was a scripture. So I jumped up all excited and opened the Bible. And guess what it says? <laughs> no fornicator will enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and hey, I was happy with it. I'm like, you're there. You're, and I went and broke it right off of there. <laughs> Uh, Kenneth Hagin also had a lady call. Uh, he was at a meeting. He said, could you come pray for my son? He's got bad epileptic seizures, and she'd been through this. And uh, might have been the same woman. I don't remember. But uh, on the way over there, the Lord speaks to Kenneth Hagin and says, don't pray for the child. Tell the woman to tell that demon and anybody that understands deliverance, epilepsy is a spirit. I mean, the ministry I first learned under in 30 years, I mean, they get 200 people a week every week. They pray for people, and they've had 100% of healing of epilepsy for 30 years. I mean, when you cast it out, it's gone. <clears throat> and anyone in deliverance knows it's, that's the deaf and dumb one that was throwing the guy in the fire and everything. <clears throat> said, tell that, tell her to tell that demon that she's now walking in love because she just went through the love thing with, and he has no more right to be in her child and to get out. So he gets there because she's thinking he's going to cast it out. So he starts telling her. Why he starts telling her, he goes into this big seizure, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the spirit's hearing him say everything. <clears throat> and then she just turns the child and says, I'm walking in love. Yeah, I got no more right to be in my child. Get out kid was healed. He's seen her years later and said, how's your son? I said, still healed. She said about four or five months later, he started to go into seizure and I just told the same thing. He's never had another one. I'll tell you a funny one on epilepsy. I shouldn't say funny for you, Mueller. <laughs> this guy goes to another minister that understands and uh, 
He's on 23 meds a day and still has five to seven seizures a week. And he casts it out and he loses his meds on the way home. He rides a motorcycle. So he took that as a sign. He didn't take any meds for two years. Never had a seizure. He got in a wreck or something. He's in the hospital. And the doctor comes in with his chart. <laughs> I see under here uh, that you have epilepsy. He says, yeah. Guess what happened in five minutes? After two years of no seizures, he has a seizure. And then he starts trying to say he's healed because he knows what he did. He's like, no, I'm healed. So they Baker acted him for two weeks. They thought he was crazy. That's wild. Another one with Kenneth Hagin, which is very important, I always thought. <clears throat> the Lord had if, appeared to him eight times. That's why he was used so mightily. Not why, but God raised him up. We've Most of our faith and stuff we've learned, most of us come through him, even the, through other ministers learned through him. He was just used mightily. And uh, he... Uh, told him the first time he took his hand said I'm going to use you in healing and he's like oh no not that you know how they talk about those people and this is back in the 40s you know and they thought they were really wacko they still think we're wacko but not like back then <laughs> they really were the crazy ones and he said you need to fear me and not people and he repented and God instantly gave him a love for all the people that were against him and he's like oh Lord forgive those people they wouldn't talk about me if they knew and uh then the next time he appeared, he said, when you're praying in the healing line, and this is important to remember, when you put your hand on their chest and back, now you're not going to go do this. Don't try to make this happen. If you feel fire jump from one hand to the other, there's a demon causing the disease, just command it to go and it has to go. I'm also going to appear to you in the meeting sometimes, and sometimes I'm going to open someone in the audience's eyes to see me. So the next meeting he's in, a guy comes up with tuberculosis of the spine, puts his hands on him, fires jumping, commands it to go, says, now, see if you can bend over. Nope. Stands back on him, fires jumping. Tells it to go, see if you can bend over. <laughs> Three times, can't, not working. So he lets him go, he was saying something. And he turns, and the Lord's standing there, and he thinks everybody in the audience can see him. But he's the only one that can and he's standing next to the next guy, and he said, I told you, tell it to go, and it has to go. And he said, and he didn't look happy. He said, Lord, I told it to go, and it didn't go. He said, I told you, tell it to go, and it has to go. He said, Lord, I told it to go, but it didn't go. He said, I told you, tell it to go. So then he's like trying to think, what's he saying? Why does he keep, he said, oh. sir, come back up front. He's in the back of the church. He comes up, puts his hands on him, fires gentleman, commands it to go, says, now bend over. Totally healed. Because he said, see, if he can bend over. See, if you can bend over. Shows doubt. Yeah. So the spirit would go out and right back in. That's why when you asked how her foot felt, I, just, I don't know if you caught that. Because I, I prayed again. I'm like, no, it feels good, don't it? Yeah. You cannot know. I mean, I look confident. And if you, especially if you look at the videos of people being healed, I'm always like, stomp on it or whatever <laughs> inside I'm not feeling like it's anything happened okay 
I know, see, if it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt. So I don't say that. I always go, feel good? Almost like a question to them, but I'm saying, feel good. Feel good? You know, yeah. And inside you're going, because that demon of doubt will always attack you when you pray for people. And I'll tell you what, the more confident you be with healing, and especially with demons, the more results you'll get. God honors when we step out. You know what I mean? When you step out in boldness, even when you don't feel like nothing's going to happen. It's almost like you're putting his name on the line. I was just, I had told this, I don't know who was here. I was at the racetrack. There's a tropical storm. First, I went to the guy's house, worked on his car in Palm Beach. The race was in Orlando that weekend. <clears throat> and... Uh, He's like, yeah, there's a tropical storm coming. We're probably not going to race. We'll just party, smoke a doobie. You won't smoke a doobie, will you? I was like, no. Nah, he's like, yeah, you're into that God stuff I heard. And, and he's like very wealthy and big, and he's an old party guy from the 70s. You know, he came from the probably LSD and all that stuff, you know. And uh, he's got like 65 employees at his thing. And uh, so we get to race. And it's raining. And we wait the whole night. And I'm trying to get the nerve, because I've seen God stop the rain many times. And if you really understand who we are, you're not going to be in fear of it not happening. Because if it doesn't happen, it's not, that's pride. You know what I mean? When we're worried, oh, I'm going to look stupid. You're never going to get anywhere if you entertain that stuff. I'll tell you what, I've prayed for plenty of people that weren't healed, and most of them loved that I prayed for them. I thought they were going to be mad when, and it just made relationship anyway. So uh, that night, I'm up the whole night, can't sleep. I'm mad at myself because I (laughs) couldn't get the nerve. And I did show them a picture of the girl that I passed around in here that had the skin disease. Remember that? The... uh, So the next day, because I got a picture, and then two weeks later, but she was healed. But, uh, it's in my wallet. So he, uh, we're there for like five hours in the rain, and I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just the fear is just I can't get the nerve, you know. So the, there's a guy with him. He's leaning on the back of the car. I'm on this side of the car, we're leaning over the trunk, and the other guy's there. We're in the back of the trailer, and the guy says. We need to just go home, man. It's not going to stop. And uh, he goes, I don't suppose he could do anything about the rain. <laughs> he just threw it right in my lap. <laughs> I said, and he never heard me get loud. I'm always kind of insecure on the guy. I said, I'm gl-. I got loud. I said, I'm glad you asked. I said, grab my hands. And he's like, he reaches out, and the other guy's like looking at me. I said, grab my hand. <laughs> I got really strong with him. He grabbed my hand, I prayed, and I said, it ain't going to rain no more. And I walked out. I got my car and just turned the worship music on because that doubt thing, I'll try to, that's how you keep it out. That's how I do, especially with the rain. I've done that many times because I'll just go in there and just praise, just praise him, and that doubt will leave you. And it stopped raining, and it didn't rain the rest of it. It looked like it, though. I mean, the storm was... 
and they race the rest of the night, and I go over there when we're done, and I'm thinking, yeah, the enemy's probably talking to him. What a coincidence, you know. And I walk over there, and I'm just like, he's, he has to pay. He's like, I want to pay you. So I go over there, and I go like this, and he's, he's a big old guy. When I did that, he, he, he looked like a whoop little puppy dog. So then he, a guy that worked for him, I had his car at my shop, and like a month later he comes to get it, and I'm like, I had talked to him about the Lord, actually took him to a church, and says, uh, I said, remember me telling you some of them rain stories? He goes, man, Todd told all of us in the office about that, and the other guy said he's going to start going to church. (laughs) 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 So then, it's funny though, because people get convicted. He never called me back to work on his car. (laughs) I think there's a, some people will fear God. (laughs) And, uh, this other guy I knew worked on it and I had prayed with him and led him to the Lord and went and prayed for his wife and he just moved into town. He built a race car like I do. And uh, I was next time at the shop, I was like, he mentioned working on his car. I said, well, I was like, ask him about it. He goes, he told me about that. He was, <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> He's out telling people. <laughs> like, so, I think the boldness really moves. Just, I see it. Um, yeah, I'll skip that one. You don't have to turn through that. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures real quick. It's, I know some of y'all might want to. 2 Corinthians 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You can't hate your mother-in-law or your son-in-law or sister-in-law or anybody and think you're going to do spiritual warfare. That's why it says, take every thought captive, bring it to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When? When your obedience is fulfilled. When I love everyone. I can't tell you how many times I've had spirits talk out of people and 90% 90% of the time, it's, you know, because I remember when I was first, I was trying to get a blind spirit out of that guy when I was first doing this, and the thing just, I was, la, I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> they'll really, you'll get the lesson in pride quick when you start casting demons out. You'll learn real quick, because, <laughs> especially if you think you're something, <clears throat> you know, I'm like, come out in the name of Jesus. La, 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 la. I sing the name of Jesus every Sunday. I love the name of Jesus. La, 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 I love the name of Jesus. La, la, la. You know, and I'm like, what right do you have to disobey me? And, and, uh, and demons will lie if you start talking to them. And they're not, they lie, they're, they got a gag order in America. They stay hidden, they kill us with disease, okay? That's their orders from, it's a very... They're not random things attacking us. It's a very organized kingdom that's set against your life. The minute you get saved, there's one that studies everything about you. 
And the minute you start doing a lot for God, he'll report back to a principality demon that's over hundreds of people. And if you're a threat, then you'll get more things sent at you. But if you're walking in obedience, then it don't matter. But he'll tempt you where he knows you have a problem. <clears throat> so uh, I'm like, what right do you have to disobey me? He's like, Mara. And the guy's like, I feel like that means bitterness. Hold on, he gets the strongest concordance because he'd never heard of that. Bitterness, oh my God, I'll never forget that. And uh, then we spent days going through, and God actually was showing me through discerning his spirits. He was getting married in a month. I had no idea. I'm just, I'll just, it's okay to say that. I see people's faces turn into other faces when that gets flowing. And it ain't flowed in quite a while. But when it happens, I mean, the first time it happened was when I was casting the thing out of my mother with her trigger finger. Her head, like he pulled the skin out, three horns on each side, this wide, and her head shrunk down to this hideous looking thing. And I'm seeing this with my eyes. You would say it did it, you know? But I knew it couldn't have done that. But I'm like, come on. And then I'm like, of course it's kind of scared the crud out of me. <laughs> if my head did that right now, I think everybody in here, <laughs> imagine I'm sitting this close to you. <laughs> and I'm like, get out of my mom. <laughs> and her head snapped back and I'm like, move your hand. And her hand was free. And you know, that's the story I told where then when she forgave, it left, well, I'm praying for this guy and seeing things and this face pops up. It's just a, and I'm like, man, I know what this is. I know what it is. <gasps> homosexual I'm like Lord I can't say that the Lord said call it feminine feminine spirit come out and I just kept casting out stuff he gets, he's like I gotta go get a shower his fiance is coming home and I asked the guy I said that feminine thing he goes yeah we both lived homosexual lifestyles for years then the next day when he come in he's like man this is crazy all my lust is totally gone this is awesome and, uh, and then it's kind of a let's see what time the uh, pastor sits in after I've been I probably cast 200 if you don't know about demons that is going to sound crazy Jesus cast the 2000 out of the guy that went in the pigs and that's the first day we had deviled ham <laughs> 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 The, uh, and everybody's like, 2,000. <laughs> like, we just don't understand them. They're just like little ants that, you know, well, I don't forgive this guy. Well, I lost that guy's car. Well, I, and it's just, there's so many. And when you start getting in it, you're kind of amazed at first how many, the most godly people you know. So this pastor finds out I'm doing deliverance on him, stops it, says, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit and have a demon. I don't want you praying for anybody else until I get the bottom of this. Because he had had me praying for people. I prayed for a few people. I just started the church. I prayed. There were several people healed. And so he started having, at the end of the service, anybody needs healed, uh, James will pray for you. And I'd go up, and a lot of people are getting healed in the church. And then he came up because he's 23 and had these huge glasses. And... Uh, he, gets, he wasn't totally blind, but you know, he had these thick, thick glasses. And uh, so then 
I prayed for him and nothing happened. I was like, well, I'm coming to your house because I knew it was going to be a spirit. And then, uh, you know, the story started talking, and I'm like, how'd you get in there? Well, when he was five years old, his brother got glasses, and he cried and cried and wanted glasses, and that's when I came in. And uh, anyway, the pastor stops me, and he had had a friend there that Sunday that had epilepsy, and I went over and prayed for her. And when I did, because I was seeing a lot back then, that gift was flowing a lot more, her face goes, and I'm just like, um, you might need to forgive some people. She's like, no. I was like, maybe it's yourself. Oh, yeah, maybe myself. So when he tells, told me that night, he had me over at his house, and he's like, didn't want me praying for anybody, and he's going to get the bottom of this. And how many demons you ever cast? I think you went up there and lost your mind, and you're just, you're just way off. And he, how many demons have you cast out anyway? I'm like, I don't know, 100. 100? I'm thinking, I cast more than 100 out of your friend. <laughs> but I didn't say that. I was trying to protect him. And uh, so then uh, he, uh, well, I'm going to get the bottom of this. And I don't want to pray for anybody else. Well, I got to tell you, that friend you had at church, that woman, that uh, I did pray for her because she had that epilepsy. And I, but when I prayed, a spirit of bitterness come up. So I, oh, man, you got that one right. <laughs> um, the uh, so anyway the uh, kind of lost my train of thought. Deuteronomy twenty eight. You're talking about the pastor. Oh. So then he walks in a month later, and a guy I know that does deliverance was in the house doing deliverance with this elderly lady that understood deliverance, just wanted to get more free because you kind of get addicted to it. You st- like I would never be up here teaching before I started getting deliverance and I had a speech impediment, you know. And the more free you get, you're like, you want to get more free. Wow, what else ain't me? Oh, I'm insecure. Oh, well, that's not me either, you know. And uh, so this woman knew that and had, been, was, had this guy I knew over there doing some deliverance on her. And uh, he walked in and he got really mad. And he goes, I'm not having this garbage. He's like, my friend said that. Uh, well, uh, let's sit down and pray about it. So he starts praying with the guy, and he starts manifesting a demon. <laughs> and he's going, I can't believe this. I wish my wife was here to see this. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. And then, uh, so he called and met with me, and uh, and he had a lot of, I, one thing I do see really easy is pride. It looks, with me, it looks like someone pours baby powder on you. You get it like a real white you think it's the Lord the way it works. It just—I can see it riding down the road, looking. It just really stands out. And he had it, you know. And it doesn't—I don't judge people that have it. It's a spirit, okay. And some people can have it and be whole, humbling themselves more than someone that doesn't even have so much the spirit, but they're just not going to humble themselves. But uh, so he did repent to me as best he could, you know. He's like. I just shouldn't have been there. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand that. And I just want to, uh... and God would not let me leave that church. Everybody in there, I'm feeling like the wacko week after week. Don't go near James. I have to sit there. I'm like, Lord, I want to leave. No, do not leave. You have to go. I'm like, so then when he meets with me, it's a month or two later and repents the best he could. He's like, I shouldn't have been there. And I just want to, if you want to preach on Sundays, you can have the pulpit anytime you want. I'm like, 
oh, wow. So I leave, and I said, pulling out. We met at Home Depot. I'm pulling out the parking lot, going across. I said, Lord, I get to preach on Sunday. He said, no, now it's time to leave. <laughs> you made me stay there when I was a village idiot, and now I have to leave? <laughs> he said, yes, if you would have left, he would have been bashing you for the rest of your life, and I didn't want that. But, and then he showed me some issues he had in the ministry. Um, I guess I, wow, my 10-minute part took <laughs> almost an hour. So maybe we should just do this next week, this next part. Because I was going to teach on the unloved spirit. We'll do that next week. And that's the one that causes depression. And it's miserable. And I had that my whole life from... Uh, I, I, I make the statement I was suicidal. I wasn't suicidal, but I imagined killing myself every day, come home from school, go in my room, and just have these imaginations because I was just miserable. And uh, I got, when I went to Henry Rice and he taught on it, I got delivered of that, and that really changed my life. And I... Uh, that thing comes around, its strongest hold is the spirit of self-pity. I'm not saying you're self-pity, but <clears throat> that depressive thing, when we want to commit suicide, that's that spirit, that's self-pity. And uh, I had a guy comes by my shop. His wife left him two days earlier. He was a Christian guy. God put this marriage together, too. He was, she was like this prissy, <laughs> classy type woman that would uh, and he was like no front teeth, no hair hillbilly guy and serving God and he's working and he looks over at this girl, he wasn't looking at her sexually or nothing but he just looked back and he's like Lord I need a wife and he shows her her and says this is going to be your wife and he's like because nobody would have thought, <laughs> nobody in the church thought this one would ever and then it's uh He's walking the store. He said, Lord, are you sure? He's like, and before he get it out, the Lord said, I am sure. And God put them together in marriage. And this guy just hears real clear, but he doesn't obey. I've never met anybody like him. And uh, he kept giving corrections with his wife. He was like, he's reading the Bible. He's, he's about taking offense. The Lord said, you take offense. And he really is good at not taking offense with people. He's jumped to his defense. Lord, that's one thing I do not do. I do not take offense. Lord said, yes, you do with your wife. <laughs> and then he did several things, and they ended up, she ended up believing him, which if he would have been obedient, it would have never happened. Bought a house that the Lord told him not to, all kinds of stuff. Then they went bankrupt. And, but uh, so he comes by my shop, and he's like telling me, and he's going on, and I just, I can hear him a lot of times when people are talking. It's like a, I don't know how to describe it. Almost like I feel it in their voice, what's manifesting. It's rejection, fear. And the self-pity is just like, and I'm like, Lord, I can't tell him he has self-pity. He would punch me in the face. His wife just left him. And I wouldn't blame him. He said, just cast it out. It's like, okay. And uh, so I get done, and I'm just like, can I pray for you? Okay. Lord, bless him, and, and self-pity, get out in the name of Jesus. Like, Man, 
wow, I feel good. This is amazing. Man. And he comes by the next day, he's all great. The next day, he's all great. Next day, I look out, and I see out in the parking lot, looking out of my shop. I can see it when you step in out of the car and shut the door. I'm like, because self-pity will go on and on. Ever have people call you, and they want to complain about the same thing all the time, and it's over and over, but, and how bad they had it, and what happened when they were five, and, and then you've got to get, go to sleep. You feel like just laying down when you get off the phone? That's, that's self-pity. No, I'm serious. That's, that, that's what you're dealing with. And it'll never get better. You'll, you'll think you're getting somewhere, and you hear this telling somebody else the same stories. You're like, man, haven't we been on this for two years? You know? So, uh, um, and the enemy will send you those people when you get in deliverance just to tie your time up. But uh, so I see it on him. He's moping in. He's, well, she's taking this and she's seeing this guy and she's doing that and she's he's going on and on. I was like, do you want to keep that? He's me for a minute, okay? He's like this far from me. Self-pity sighs a lot. I, if I start to sigh, I check myself really quick. I'm standing there looking at him. I don't know what to do. He's just walking in front of me. I think he probably just got embarrassed. Like, <laughs> probably didn't really want to. He's like, I guess not. I'm like, good. Self-pity, get back out of him in Jesus' name. He's like, why do I let that thing do that to me? Man, what's wrong with me? And then they get divorced. Six months later, he's on the phone. James, I'm just not like you. The Bible says you find a wife, you find a good thing. I'm not built to be alone. Da, 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 da. And he starts talking about other stuff. He's like, I gotta, well, I got to go. I said, let me pray before you go. He's like, okay. So I started praying. It's like, self-pity, get out of him. And she said, he said, man, all that feeling of needing a wife just left. But then two months later, he'd be back in it. And he just, then, uh, then he got married, and it lasted two months. Because self-pity will not. It's never happy because it's trying to get that fulfillment. It thinks it needs the opposite sex. And then things like cocaine can numb that. But uh, I think I'm going to just stop there. It's 830. And we'll, uh, we'll cast out Seth Pity next week because nobody likes being depressed. And I had to deal with that for 42 years of my life. And, and, then, and I'm telling you what, there's been things that happen. And that thing's right there. And I'd call my friends. Hey man, I just want you to agree with me. That's, I need sometimes. You, sometimes it's when you're trying to. It's harder to get stuff out when you get someone else praying. It's just the way the kingdom. I think to make us work together. I don't know, but I like I call my brother. You pray and boom, be broke. And then uh, I had a situation about eight years ago, and it started coming back. The next day, I feel like a little thorn, you know. And the next day, a little worse. And about four days, I'm like. And I'd call people I know and friends at church. Will you pray for me? Like, you should feel bad, brother. I'm like, look. I know we think these feelings are in the Lord. That's why God could tell Job. Uh, I used to read that and I go, wait a minute. His he his children died and you know and and then God restored it all. 
and gave him a new family and he lived happily ever after. I didn't mean happily ever after. He had to be miserable the rest of the But when you start understanding most of these feelings we feel that we think are us are not us. And this thing is way intertwined, intertwined into the human race because they've been doing this for 6,000 years and unfortunately our grandfathers, our mothers, they didn't do deliverance. So what's happened is you get the guy with self-pity, marries the lady with anger, the kid has anger and self-pity, marries someone with fear, they have fear, anger, and self-pity, and all these diseases come from that. Then they have lust, and then marry them, and then that kid has, and now we're underneath all that. And we think these feelings are us because they've been there since we were a baby. And uh, you'll learn as we go through these classes, start doing deliverance, that half our thoughts on our own. It's like, does the devil know what you're thinking? Well, he knows what you're thinking because he's giving you the thoughts. <laughs> like, what if? Self-pity always says, what if? What if I hadn't married him? What if I had different parents? What if I wasn't molested? What if? And uh, so anytime you hear what if when it's going towards the past, it's always self-pity. And the spirit of fear says, what if for the future? What if you lose your job? What if your spouse cheats on you? What if you didn't come home? Or she, you know, it's like, what if? When I hear what if in my thought, because the enemy speaks in the first person, he doesn't say, you hate him. He says, I hate him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Feels like it's us. And that's why I say, like, like I was delivered, I had no idea it was a spirit. When I first, I got attacked in 2002, and that's what brought me into all this. It was a crazy attack. And then that's when I got delivered with the speech impediment and the fear, and I had this lust thing. I went out and confessed in the church, feeling stupid. And uh, it would just, and I wasn't, dating any women or nothing or looking at them wrong or nothing but this thing in my mind from the time I woke up would be running these little things all day long and I'd be praying and feel so guilty and actually beat myself in the face sometimes I loved God so much and uh, I got when this death spirit thing came on me which was way worse than stage 4 cancer this thing was like powerful um, a lot of fasting. I fasted the seventh day, less felt better than I ever felt. The next day I started eating. The next day I come back. So fasted seven more days. It came. I went ten days, but it left the seventh day. I don't know what the seventh day is, but uh, in that I uh, started getting delivered of a, a lot of things, <laughs> and uh, our thoughts. the way we think like that lust thing I thought was me and then all of a sudden it's gone while I'm fasting I'm like that wasn't me either neither was a speech impediment neither was the death spirit powerful thing neither was the fear of talking in front of people <laughs> I mean I've been deliverance of all kinds of stuff neither was the suicide self-pity thing I had my whole life and I got healed of, like, irritable bowel and some other stuff. So, anyway, we'll call it a night with that. Thank you. You're welcome.
listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.